sanguine, simply optimistic, a community of hope and optimism. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Sanguine Podcast. So I'm so excited. We're actually going to get together as a group this Friday night and uh, everyone is totally welcome. If you're out there and you've never been, come on by. We'd love to have you and I'm just so excited for that. So welcome all you misfits, all you incredible people out there that are just created for so much more. You just don't fit into our traditional mold. You are created for so much more. You're unique and you're an individual and you just don't fit into the mold. Welcome. Welcome to the Sanguine Podcast, where we take an optimistic look at life and scriptures and find hope and healing in the ancient truths that were written down a long time ago for us by that ancient master of wisdom. Yep, God the Father, who orchestrated the Old Testament, the New Testament, and yep, a part of that trinity where they're all the same, but they're not, right? Kind of confusing, but hey, there it is. So as always, thank you guys for your feedback. You're so generous in your feedback. You're so kind. And uh, I would love to communicate with you. Just uh, shoot me an email at uh, 406bigt at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Shoot me a picture of yourself or something that reminds me of you, and I'll add it to my poster. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll just have a fun time. Hey, you ever feel like you're just weird? You know, it's like your life is crazy. Your family's dysfunctional and you are just like messed up. You know, there are those days where you feel on top of the world, but then there's those other days where you just, it's like you have more than a real look at your life and more than real meaning that maybe mm, it's a real look with a negative twist to it. So it's like more than real and uh, just the imperfections and the flaws just stick out to you like crazy. Well, today's your day. And if you're having a day like that today, this is the podcast for you to listen to because I am going to tell you a crazy story from the Bible. And every now and then when I have those kind of days and I start feeling down on myself and I realize, man, you know, God has put some stories in the Bible and they're true stories. They're historically accurate stories about real people that lived and they're not perfect which gives us hope. And so there's stories that I think God intentionally put in there so we can relate to. And so when we get discouraged in our faith journey, because sometimes our faith journey, you know, it's not always a journey upwards. Sometimes it's a journey downwards. And sometimes, you know, we have to go through hell, you know, and what does hell do? It raises the temperature so it can kill things like viruses that are in us. And so sometimes our faith journey goes down and the world around us seems awful negative. And so, but you know, it's not a bad journey just because it's down. It means there's healing coming, but we always perceive down as bad. And, you know, it's like, well, I'm not making progress anymore. And sometimes as the temperature is raising, that's progress because disease has to end. So your life can be fuller. Well, I find incredible hope reading back through these stories in the ancient scriptures. That is the old Testament part of the Bible. That means the part that was written before Jesus when uh, there was no flesh and blood God that was on the earth. There were visitations and stuff that happened, but no flesh and blood God that was on the earth like Jesus that was highly relatable in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, there is this patriarch, which means this uh, leadership guy in the Old Testament, um, Jacob, who is the son of Isaac. And you guys, 
and I mentioned this last time when we talked about Jacob and, uh, you know, how God brought wealth into his household in, in a very unique and cool way. Man, this guy is part of the most dysfunctional family ever. And Jacob's start was nonetheless from a dysfunctional family. And you guys, you can read the story and you can tell me if I'm reading too much into it. And I always encourage you. It's like, never trust me. Go read the scriptures for yourself. You know, if you just believe some guy that's on the radio or in a podcast, man, I don't know. You know, you need to check it out for yourself. And this is just, it is a, a great read, especially if you want to be encouraged about the current dysfunction that you may live in. And don't be fooled. We all live in a certain amount of dysfunction. And if you don't believe you live in a certain amount of dysfunction, well, you're probably living in a pretty deep dysfunction. You know, like they say, you're into it up to your knees. You know what they're talking about that. uh, Yeah, that stuff. So Jacob comes from a family, Isaac and Rebecca. And you guys, we kind of read into this, but Isaac's kind of a passive dude. You know, the scriptures don't talk much about him. He didn't even go get his own wife. He sent a servant to get his own wife. And so, you know, Isaac's kind of this passive guy. And Rebecca, you know, when a woman marries a passive guy, they tend to do what needs to be done. And so Rebecca is like, she's probably a little aggressive. And we see that in the scriptures where, you know, Jacob's brother Esau, Isaac was going against the Lord's wishes to give the blessing to Esau and not to Jacob. And Rebecca takes it into her own hands to disguise Jacob, who is like, you know, non-hairy, kind of, you know, according to the scriptures, this weakier looking guy. And Jacob is, or Esau is this big hairy hunter guy. And so Rebecca, you know, to deceive her husband, right? So here we start out Jacob's life. And I imagine most of his life was this way, to deceive her husband into giving the favorite son, Rebecca has favorites, so Jacob's a favorite, the blessing that comes from Isaac. And the blessing of the Lord is incredible because, you know, Isaac admits, you know, this passivity and stuff, the Lord blessed him. And so the blessing that Isaac is going to pass on is a very valuable blessing. It is a blessing that has value and something that's totally hard to relate to in our modern society. We don't understand blessing, especially the blessing of the Lord on us. The blessing of the Lord on somebody like Jacob or Esau has incredible value to it. In monetary value and just a spiritual value and a, a soulish value in the quality of life. It has incredible value. So his mom, Rebecca, dresses him up, you know, with hairy furs and, you know, well, we should backtrack a little bit. You know, Esau had already sold his birthright, but, you know, Esau wasn't going to let that happen because he's a big bully guy and he probably doesn't have any problem taking out Jacob. But, you know, Jacob really did have the right to the birthright, but did he have the right to deceive his father and his mother, you know, be in scheme on that? So they deceive and, you know, Jacob gets the birthright and then he's scared for his life. So they sent him off to his uncle Laban, who we talked about, you know, the apple obviously doesn't far fall from Rebecca's tree, you know, her uncle Laban, who's quite the character that we talked about last time. And, you know, that Jacob works for seven years to be able to marry, you know, the daughter he wants. And, turns out he gets the other daughter, the daughter that he didn't like. And so I'm in the closet here with Adrian's clothes and I'm a little cramped and I'm like trying to move around. So I apologize for any noise that's there. And so, you know, he gets the daughter. He doesn't want, he gets Leah and he's like, ah, man, what a bummer. And so, you know, he works, he, he goes to Laban and yeah, I think we told the story last time and, uh, He's like, hey, I wanted Rachel. And Laban's like, well, I had to marry the oldest off first. And so, 
you know, obviously Jacob was pretty drunk when Leah came in that night and, you know, he did the deed with her and, and then woke up in the morning and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's not what I thought it was. And anyway, after the marriage week, then he gets to marry Rachel and then he marries Rachel and he has to work for another seven years to pay for her. And so he goes ahead and does that. Well, this time, Rachel and Leah are having this little battle where, you know, it's like, oh, I'm the better wife because I'm going to, you know, have more sons. And so one has some sons and then the other's not having any sons. And so in this crazy story, you know, and, and I guess some of you may think, well, you know, Jacob's the lucky guy here. They Each of these women have servants and they're like, hey, you know, take my servant as a wife so I can have more sons. So not only is Jacob sleeping with two women to start with, now he's sleeping with four women and having sons with four women. So the story gets crazier. And so, you know, Jacob has two dysfunctional parents and now he has, so to speak, four wives, you know, two of the wives are competing with each other. And actually at one point, one wife bribes the other one with some plants and says, hey, you know, I want to sleep with my husband. You know, the story just cannot get any crazier. So here there are four women and poor Jacob, you know, what a rough life this guy has, you know. <laughs> you know, he has four women that he has to sleep with and he's having sons and he's building his wealth. You guys, this whole time in this crazy story, Jacob is still being blessed and he's still being increased. Our dysfunction and our oddities do not disqualify us from the Lord's blessing. And that's one thing I want to just come through in the story is that you know, even from his start and, you know, God designed for him to originally have the blessing, but through deception and, you know, shortchanging God's processes, they still came about and he still received the Lord's blessing. And even as Laban tried to cheat him, cheat him out of a, a wife and all these things, and even this dysfunction with these women competing each other and, you know, Jacob ending up with four wives instead of two. And it's hilarious because, you know, I think it's kind of candy coating it in the scripture, you know, taking it as a wife. It's just, hey, I want more kids, you know, sleep with this woman and, and let's put a, a certificate of marriage on it to make it okay. You know, that's like today, you know, it's like if a couple is infertile and say, hey, I'm going to take another woman and I'll just call her my wife. You know, it, it just doesn't work out. So here we have just crazy scriptures, you know, and so Jacob. During this whole time, he's still being blessed, you know, and he's doing his best and his dysfunction to follow the Lord. And so, you know, it's time to leave Laban and because he feels, you know, the heat and the sons of Laban are not real happy with Jacob because they feel like they're taking advantage of their dad, Laban. And so they leave. And so Jacob, you know, goes to meet up, go back home and he has to deal with Esau because Esau has been there and Esau has become powerful there. And so Jacob meets up with Esau and still, you know, Jacob still got that crooked side to him and he's scheming all the time. You know, he splits his family in half. And so in case, G J you know, Esau attacks and he won't lose them all. And, you know, even though uh, things are made right with Esau, you know, he still just doesn't quite trust Esau. And so they actually settle on the land and, and things are going okay. And, uh, well, I forgot to mention before, you know, Jacob, you know, after he left Laban, Laban came after him and God protected Jacob yet again, because Laban came after him and, you know, Rachel had even stolen Laban's idols. It's just like crazy. You know, it's hard to believe that we're even talking about, you know, a faith-filled family and a family walking in faith. This is a early days of the faith. And it's hard to believe. It's like, you know, here these wives are saying, oh, sleep, sleep with my husbands. And, you know, obviously they're, they're from another culture. 
And it's just crazy. It's obviously they've had more influence on Jacob than he's had on them. But Rachel even steals his idols. And guys, you want to talk about dysfunction. And Joseph's kind of a stand or Jacob's kind of a stand up guy in this instance with Laban because he's like, hey, I didn't take anything from you. And I earned all this stuff, which is totally true. He did, and he worked awful darn hard for it. He said, search everything. So he searched Jacob's hand, then Leah's, and then Rachel's. And Rachel is like sitting on a donkey on top of these idols, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's that time of the month. And so totally lies to her dad's face and sitting on his idols and sold his idols. And yet, and yet, you guys, here's the point I want to get across to you, and there's so many of these instances in the story. Yet, God still delivers Jacob, and he delivers his family, yet all of this dysfunction. I'm just telling you, you know, God wants us to pursue him, but we don't have to be perfect. We want to change, and we want to become better, but we don't have to become perfect. This is a great story of that. And so now, you know, Jacob needs to face Esau, and he's really worried, and Jacob's sending out like 400 men, you know, to meet Jacob, and Jacob doesn't know what kind of meeting this is. And so, you know, the, it's funny, because the story totally reads this way, and I, I'm thinking it's totally the way it is. You know, Jacob's praying for deliverance, oh, God, help me, you know, and it's one of those prayers, God, help me, you know, and I'll serve you the rest of my life type of thing. And so that evening, you know, the angel of the Lord comes, you know, whether that's Jesus or, you know, what, whatever, it is God in some form. And Jacob wrestles with this man, this form, all stinking night. And day's coming, you know, and it, it, maybe it was God the Father because, you know, day's coming and you can't actually see the Father's face. You know, that is a, a truth in ancient scriptures. Anyone that sees the Father's face you know, has to die. And so morning's coming and, you know, the, the guy's like, Jacob, release me, which is hilarious that, you know, God is having this interaction. He could totally get away from Jacob, right? And he's saying, release me. And Jacob's like, no, you have to bless me. You know, and they have this thing, who are you? You know, who are you? And finally, you know, God is like, okay, I will bless you. Jacob wrestles God for a blessing. Is that not crazy? I mean, that right there in itself is like God's patience and humor with us. Think about that. He's God. He's almighty, almighty, all-knowing, all-everything. He didn't have to wrestle with Jacob. He didn't have to entertain with that. But for Jacob, this was an exercise, you know, of fighting and, you know, and and working through some hard stuff. I think this was a, a good exercise for Jacob. And so, you know, finally the man relents and, and Jacob's blessed and, you know, his, his meeting with Esau goes well, although, you know, Jacob being who he is, is still not totally trustworthy. But what's cool is after wrestling with this man, you know, Jacob gets renamed Israel, you know, which means literally means the one who contends with God. But, you know, it also his original name, Jacob being deceiver it's kind of Jacob is moving and it's, it's slowly, but moving from dependence on himself to dependence on God. And you guys, that's another place that takes some real hope. This faith walk and this dependence on God and this moving away from the dependence on herself does not happen overnight and it doesn't have to be perfect. And it is probably rarely, if anything, beautiful. You know, we have a few successes amongst many failures, but we have successes and we celebrate those as Jacob does, you know, and Jacob with his family and obviously, you know, marrying these foreign wives, well, his uncle's wives, but from an, another country, his mother's brother's um, relatives, 
you know, there's some influence in Jacob's life that is not necessarily full of faith. And, and we see that in, in how his family <laughs> deals with certain instances. You know, some of his kids, you know, his uh, his daughter, Dinah from Leah, ends up, you know, getting raped by um, some fellows from a, a nearby um, area that lived next to him that wanted, you know, Jacob's daughter as his wife. And he got all anxious and you know, jump the gun and it caused a little turmoil with the siblings, which it should. And this is actually a hilarious story. If you guys haven't heard it, this is totally true. And so there's a little negotiation, the father of the boy that, you know, took Dinah before the marriage covenant and, and, you know, the scripture says it's rape. And so obviously forcibly and says, Hey, my son really, you know, wants your daughter. And, um, they, oh, you guys, I'm trying to remember if it was actually Jacob or if they dealt with the sons. I think it was Jacob. I'm a little rusty on the story. I'm going to have to go back and reread it again. But anyway, you should go reread it too in Genesis. Um, but they convince, you know, this whole area of men, you know, they're like, these guys are like, what do you want? What do you want? And, and the, you know, Jacob's family is like, we can't even trade with you until you guys are circumcised. And so this whole community of men decides to get circumcised all at the same time and what happens they all get circumcised oh yeah my memory's getting a little refreshed i think jacob was a part of this deal you know for some compensation for his daughter be given in marriage but he isn't necessarily part of this next part so they all get circumcised so some of jacob's sons go in after these guys have been circumcised for like a couple days and the scriptures say that they were still hurting and killed every male in the community oh my gosh guys is that not the cruelest thing possible you convince all these guys to get circumcised you know and and i guess in their own minds this community is trying to make it right for what this one young man did and so they all get circumcised and they they jacob's sons go and kill them and plunder them and jacob's like what the heck have you done and jacob runs again and they move to another area you guys it's just crazy dysfunction in this family crazy ways of thinking you know and uh crazy plotting and and crazy destruction and yet god was still with them that you know one of the other stories about a, a son of leah from jacob is judah and uh it, judah one of his sons oh i can't remember uh which one marries this gal and uh tamar marries tamar that's that's not that's not the son that's the daughter daughter-in-law and uh tamar is uh married to this uh, son. Gosh, what is his name? I can't remember his name. Anyway, this guy is just bad. And the scripture says that he was evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord killed him. And it was like, whoa. And so Judah says one of the other brothers, hey, you need to like take your brother's wife in and you need to sleep with her. And so she can have a son of her own. And so this brother's like, well, I'll certainly have sex with her, but I'm not going to give her a son because I, I wanted to be my son, not her son. And he knew it would be her son. So, you know, he does it. He pulls out, spills his juice on the ground. And it's like, whoa, is this stuff seriously in the Bible? This is like stuff that it's like, I'm not even sure it's on TV and crazy dysfunction here. And so guess what happened to that guy? He, what he did was evil on the side of the Lord also. And just, bam. He's gone. So two of Judah's sons are like gone now. And so Judah's really reluctant to give his third son to his wife, Tamar. And so Tamar is a widower and, you know, she's without any children and living the life of a widow, which is unglamorous in the Old Testament. And she realizes that Judah is not ever going to give her that other son because he's grown up and stuff. And so she plots a little scheme and she gets out of her widower clothes 
gets dolled all up and puts a hood on and goes and sit in a place where, you know, prostitutes sit. And guys, this is crazy. I, I just can't even believe I'm, you know, reading this in the scripture. But I think it's here for all of us that don't quite get it right to find some encouragement in our faith walk. And it's not justification to do these things, but find some encouragement when we screw up and we don't quite get things right and we get off track that there is hope and that God's blessing and his pursuit of us is still there. There's natural consequences to sin. For sure. And we want to try to avoid that. But life is not perfect. And these stories, these true stories are in here for our encouragement in our walk. And so <laughs> she gets all dolled up and she's sitting in a place for prostitutes. And so Judah walks by. And this is crazy because this just seems normal. And he's like, wow, hmm, I could use a little afternoon delight. And so, you know, goes up to her and says, hey, you know, how much for some, uh, hmm, you know what? And uh, she's like, oh, you know, and he's like, how about a goat? And sure, I'll, I'll take a goat. And so she's like, hey, you know, I want your cord and a, a promise, you know, promissory thing to prove, you know, that you're going to pay me. And so, you know, they do the do the deed and he gives her that stuff and tries to send one of her servants to pay her while well, she ends up becoming pregnant. And she goes and gets back in her widower clothes and stuff and uh you know judah can never find out who this woman actually was and so he's never actually able to pay her well a servant comes you know a few months later when tamar is starting the show and says hey you know tamar's been a prostitute she's pregnant and so Gip comes unglued he's like ah you know we're gonna kill her we're gonna stone her we're gonna get her <laughs> oh tamar she was a smart woman she's like hey this is the man's stuff who you know did the deed and Judah's like, oh my gosh. And, you know, he confesses what a hypocrite he was. You guys, you can't make this stuff up. This is in the scripture. And this is Judah who eventually receives a pretty decent blessing from his father. You know, that, you know, here he is part of this faith family and obviously a son of the less favored wife. And who knows how that affected him because all that stuff affects him. Jacob's family had incredible dysfunction, yet they still persisted. And this is one of the sons, one of the 12 tribes of Israel that persisted. You guys, this is craziness. If you are feeling like you're disqualified because of your life or because of your dysfunction or because you haven't got it right, you need to get into the scriptures and read the stories of the saints of old that were blessed by the Lord and the Lord walked with them. They got it far from right. Even think of like Jacob's parents, Isaac, and when he's before kings with Rebecca, and they're like, oh, this beautiful woman. He's like, hey, that's my sister, you know? And then these kings are like, oh, I'm going to take her, you know? And then they have this dream from God that says, don't you dare take her. You know, Jacob's dad was a weenie, Isaac. Wouldn't even stand up for his beautiful wife and was feared. All kinds of dysfunction all over the place. I'm just telling you, this is a journey. And we work on getting it right, but we don't always get it right. So today, if you're discouraged or you have been discouraged that you're not getting it right and you got a lot of dysfunction, God is still with you and he's going to help you. And you just need to call out to him and begin to work on that process. This today is just to encourage you. Don't stop the journey. Don't give up. Don't let discouragement overwhelm you. There are way more crazy things. You know, one of the lies of the enemy that he loves, and he's like, oh, you're the only one that does that. Oh, other people don't do that. Oh, other people don't 
deal with that kind of stuff. Oh, other people don't think that way. If any of those thoughts have ever crossed your mind, just let me tell you, that is an absolute lie. Other people have thought of that. Other people probably have done it. And chances are, it's probably recorded somewhere in the Bible. And if it's not, there's a saint somewhere that did it. Does that make it right and good? Absolutely not. Does it mean there's hope for you? Absolutely, there's hope for you. There is always hope for you. And so the message of this lesson is that there is hope for you. And so my friends, as as we wrap up today, I just want to tell you, I don't care what kind of dysfunction you have, which kind of dysfunction you're in, what kind of family you're from. We can read crazy stuff in the scriptures and God persisted with them and God blessed them and God can do and will do the same for you. It's just start on that journey, walk on that journey and keep walking. There are consequences of sin, but sin doesn't stop things. Deal with it and move on. Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Let me just pray for your friends. Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, I just thank you that you let these stories come out in sometimes incredibly vivid detail to allow us to realize that we're not alone and that you are with us in this journey and that you don't necessarily condone this stuff, but you know the struggles and the things that we deal with and that you are here for us. Holy Spirit, you specifically have come to help us and we receive your help no matter what dysfunction we're in right now. We just call you into that and welcome you in and we look and are excited for what you're going to do in that. And we're excited for your blessing. And so, my friends, just be blessed. And just remember, hey, you can you can contact me anytime at 406bigt at gmail.com. And uh, look forward to talking to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.